0: Hello and welcome to the Frankly Speaking podcast. The podcast is brought to you by Toastmasters International District 60. Toastmasters International is an educational organisation that teaches communication and leadership skills through the vehicle of public speaking. On our show today, you'll get to know the fascinating people in our district and dive into their ideas, opinions, and stories. And now, is Wendy Williamson, the 2020-2021 District 60 director, and the host for this podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the District 60 podcast. Frankly speaking, I'm Wendy Williamson, your district director, and I'm thrilled today to have a as my guest Toastmaster John Ribeiro. Now, for people that don't know John, he is a career life coach a certified leadership coach, a podcast host, a professional speaker, and an author. And in his spare time, he has a job. John has become a, quite a successful podcaster with thousands of followers, which is why I asked him to join us today. What I'm hoping John will do is share with us the how and the why of being a podcaster and creating podcasts and to share with us any secrets he might have. Welcome, John.
2: Hey, Wendy. So great to be here. So happy I could uh, be part of the District 60 uh, podcast showcase. This is amazing. Thank you. I'm really uh, honored to be here.
1: My pleasure. It's always lovely to highlight members of our district and of our Toastmasters family So before we start talking about podcasts, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey in Toastmasters? Um, Because I remember one day at keynote speakers, you standing up in front of us all, announcing that in the next year, this was a January, you were gonna do 300 speeches in 300 days. So before you got to that epiphany, how did you start as a Toastmaster?
2: Yeah, no, great question. And thank you for that. It was 300 speeches in 366 days because it was a leap year that year. I remember. Oh, I know I had some buffer room in there. Um, but yeah, no, my journey started just over 13 years ago, last year or last December or December of 2020 is when I celebrated 13 years with Toastmasters. And I got into Toastmasters because, and it was for a selfish reason, and it was just to, to, to climb up in, in the organization. I was, um, I was a team leader at the, at that point in my career. And so I was leading a small team, but I wanted to get into management. Uh, It was one of my goals. So Toastmasters was the way for me to do it. And, you know, selfishly, I got into it just thinking, you know what, I'll become a better speaker and then I'll stop coming to Toastmasters because why would you need it after that? (laughs) And, you know, 13 years later, here I am, still a member, still competing in contests, still participating in workshops, still, you know, going to events that gets organized by the district uh, because my goal is just to learn as a speaker, as a leader, because there's so many things that Toastmaster teaches you more than what's written on the pamphlet, which is one of the things I'm really passionate about Um, and and one of the benefits of being a Toastmaster too is you get to connect and network with so many great people in so many different fields and so many different lines of work and today you know given the pandemic and where we are being able to connect with people globally on a Toastmaster and always having that Toastmaster as a way in as a way of connecting has as a way of having a commonality with other people has been great And, and that's what's allowed me to do some of the work that I do today. So just a real recap, a short recap on, on my, my my journey in the last 13 years, or when I met you at Keynote, um, I think it was in 2018 or 2017. I forget what year it was. It, everything kind of blurs at this point because it's been so long. Um, but my goal was, you know, my goal was to get to uh, just to finish off my competent communicator manual, the first 10 speeches. That's all I really wanted to do. That was my goal. And, um, you know, luckily, and one of the things I love about Toastmasters is in your club, there's mentors, there's coaches, they're not necessarily called mentors and coaches, but they're people that want to motivate you and push you on. So I had one of those people in my club, his name was Glenn Terry, and he was uh, my mentor and coach in Toastmasters. And he said, well, you did your CC now, why don't you jump into a role into a club executive role? And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. And, and the beauty with the mentor is they see things in you that you don 't necessarily see in yourself, so he he encouraged and pretty much harassed me until I said yes, and eventually <laughs> I did. And uh, from that, I became the uh, VP of marketing for my club, which was just to promote the club and just to bring in new members. And from there, I kind of grew inside other Toastmasters roles. So I became a club uh, VP of education and then eventually the president. When he was so at, at one point, he was the president of the club. He said, I'm leaving next year. We're looking for a new president. Why don't you jump into this? I'll be here to support you as you go through this don't worry, it's not that tough. You'll get through it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Which was amazing, because I did get through it. And what was really neat with his encouragement and his support and the support of my executive team, uh, we were able to make our club at that point, a president's distinguished club in the first time in the club's history. And that was amazing to me only because I saw people, co- I had this giant goal at the beginning of my Toastmaster year to say, you know what, we're going to make our club Presidents Distinguished even though we've never been Presidents Distinguished. And um, going through the year, we ended up losing half of our team members because we were, were a corporate club and um, we lost half of our team members. So half of the executive, half of our membership, but we were able to still pull through and become Presidents Distinguished for the first time in the club wow. And what's been amazing is the club has been presidents distinguished since. And so over the last 11 or 12 years, they've been presidents distinguished as a corporate club. Uh, And that's because, you know, we've created a model. And one of the things I love about Toastmasters, it gives you a model to work on, right? Like it's pretty straightforward. There's manuals for everything. There's workbooks for everything you know, when they say, you know, what's the secret to success, it's just following a model, implementing it, executing on the model, and then you'll succeed. So whether you're a speaker, if that's what you want to do, if you want to work on your leadership, uh, it's all there and it's all laid out for you. And and the beauty is you get to meet all these fantastic people who are great leaders in their own rights, and they share things with you. And, And that's the one thing I've always liked about Toastmasters. So leading up to Keynote, when I became a Keynote member, Uh, It it happened after I attained my DTM. So I I, I went through all the different stages. It took me... Um, I think at that point, like eight years or nine years to get to my DTM. And uh, I decided, you know what? I, I want to take this to the next level and I want to join an advanced speaker club. And that's when I went to keynote, keynote advanced speakers. I got invited by a member who was a member of my club. And he said, you got to go to this club. It's amazing. They're on Saturdays, but I guarantee you it's worth it. You know, you put some time aside twice, a, twice a month and you'll be, you know, phenomenal speaker. So I, I get to the keynote club and I do my speech And uh, some people were surprised when I had told them I was a DTM. Apparently, I needed some work, right? Uh, But I know they, they didn't say it maliciously. They said it with an intent to make me better. And because of that support and because of that motivation from the the club members, I got into a different space, a space I never thought I could get into. And that was professionally speaking. So I speak professionally now. I do workshops. I do presentations. And these were all things because of the models that I had with me at the club. And, you know, a keynote, you know, Wendy, you know, there's several professional speakers in the club. There's a bunch of authors. And I'm like, you know what? One day I want to be like one of them, right? I want to be an author. I want to be a professional speaker, I want to make some money at this. How hard can it be, right? (laughs) It does take a little bit of work, but everything is possible. And with all of that, it led me into keynote, or sorry, it led me into podcasting. And podcasting was just another way to use all my Toastmaster skills, because number one, I got to go find podcast guests. And how do I do that? I do that through effective communication, through uh, having that small talk, having that one minute pitch and just sitting down with them and saying, hey, I want to be, I want to bring you on my show because you've got a lot of value that you can offer to my audience and I'd love to have you. And then you have to have that conversation, that one-on-one conversation with them. Uh, So you interview them and you get to know them and then you start to build up your network and you start to build all these amazing resources with all these amazing people from around the world. And I've had the privilege of, you know, having my own podcast show and having people attend and i think we're just over a hundred thousand downloads at this point wow. uh, to being a guest on other people's shows in other parts of the world right I, i've been on a podcast uh, with a gentleman uh, called mac pritchard in um in portland oregon only because he saw my show he goes oh you'd be a great guest on my show and i'm like fantastic let's do a swap so i've been on his show he's been on my show and you know it's just there 's a whole world of things that just open up for you because of you know the skills that you pick up in Toastmasters and i 'm always going to go back to that and i 'll be forever grateful for it and i 'm so glad that I did join Toastmasters because there 's just so much that you continue to learn and it becomes an outlet not only to become a better speaker and leader but also to become a better person because as you get into different roles and you know i you know beyond becoming a club president, I was also at the at that time an area governor. So now they're area directors, but it was an area governor at that point. And and just really stepping out of your comfort zone as as an individual to say, you know what? I don't know how to do this, but there's a great support system behind me and that system will help me figure it out. And that's the one thing Toastmasters has always done for me is to give me a system to figure out how to do it. As long as your desire is strong enough to want to go do it, there will always be people to to jump in and help out. For
1: sure. For sure. But, you know, what I want to know is, why did you think, why did you start, wake up one day and say, I'm going to do a podcast? I mean, by that time, you'd written your book, Zero Mm -hmm. to Hired. You had started coaching um, people in communicating properly if you want to get a job Mm -hmm helping them with their communication skills when they were were looking for a job. And that's what the book premise is, uh, speaking a lot about that. But in those early days, when did you wake up one day? Did you wake up and say, I think doing podcasts can help this journey that I've taken? I've been the author. I've been the the, uh, coach. I've taken these certifications. Now, podcasts. How did you see that helping?
2: Yeah, actually. And it was, um, it, it was, so I was inspired by a gentleman called John Lee Dumas, and he has a podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire. So I used to listen to a lot of podcasts and his was uh, really interesting because he interviewed entrepreneurs on how to be successful. I'm like, you know what, why don't I try something like that for myself with, you know, helping people in the space that I help them with, which is careers, uh, career, career, coaching and and looking for transitioning into to new jobs and to new roles, especially given where people are or where people have been over the last three years with, you know, in and out of work, I, I thought, you know, why not just share that expertise with them? So I I did it for that reason to help my audience grow. So what we were doing through our blogs and what we were doing through our one-to-one coaching, it just allowed me to get to a much bigger audience and essentially be able to connect with people around the world. And and my audience is global, right? So they're not just restricted to Canada. Uh, They're people in in Southeast Asia. They're people in Europe. They're people uh, in South America. So it just allows me to have a, a bigger scope and uh, a bigger reach in a way of connecting with them to really show them what it takes to be successful as a Canadian uh, candidate in the job workforce and how to really navigate the recruiting process. So it was a way to do that. And it was a way to get my name out there. But it was also another and this was sneaky, Wendy. So I'm going to share the secret <laughs> to everybody.
1: Oh, thank you, John.
2: <laughs> but it was a way to build up my credibility in that space. So now that I'm meeting and interviewing other experts, people got to know me. They know John Ribeiro, who he is, what he does. You know, he's got this show. It starts to build credibility within that community. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to do it because I came into a community where nobody knew me. To a space where now I think we have just over 55 podcasts where at least 55 different individuals know me personally. And because of that, I was able to grow and expand my network. And then they have people and they say, well, I know somebody who's looking for a coach like you, you know, would you be interested in in working with them? I'm like, sure, why not? So it it allowed me to grow my network that way. And part of that comes from what I did inside of Toastmasters as well, right? Uh, Just being able to connect and network with people, you get exposed to other people. And because of that, I've been able to, you know, get into certain work opportunities because of my exposure and my network. So that was the other reason I did it just to grow and and build my network and brand. And it was a a pretty cost effective way to do it. Once you get into it, it's really not as complicated as people think. Right.
1: And that's what I, that leads nicely Mm -hmm. to my next question, which is I'm starting a podcast. Uh, I'm going to uh, really embrace this. What kind Mm -hmm. of equipment do you need? um, And, and how do you learn to structure a podcast? So it's successful.
2: Yeah. No, great question. Uh, So ideally, you know, if if you're going to start somewhere, start with just listening to other podcasts and kind of see how they have their format. Uh, In terms of my own personal podcast, it's very conversational. That's the way I want to keep it. Um, One of the things I used to do very early on when I was preparing for my podcast is I would have a list of questions and I would pretty much stick to my questions as I was going through the interview portion of it. Uh, But what I figured out over time was once you get comfortable with something and, you know, for the professional speakers out there or people that are aspiring to be professional speakers, you just kind of fall into a rhythm and you know what to ask because it just feels more natural. So that's the way I've progressed. And my conversations are still there's two or three things um, I try to bring into every podcast conversation Uh, But the one thing I do make sure of, and and this is for anybody who does any sort of speaking, is always think about your audience and how you're going to be adding value to them. So that's the thought that's always running through my head as I'm asking the questions. How is this adding value to my audience and how can they benefit from listening to this information? And the truth is, if somebody's giving you the time to listen to your podcast, they're giving you a currency that's way more than money and that's time. So, you know, be respectful of their time. Make sure you're providing some really good information that they can go use. And then what I found is when people get the information they want, they go look for more. And then that's when people start visiting your website. That's when people start going to other channels that you have to learn more about you. But in terms of tools, I know you asked that question really quickly. In terms of tools, you don't need to actually to get super, super fancy. Um, If you're just starting off, ideally, you want a good microphone. I have one that's called an audio technique. It's pretty inexpensive. It's less than $100. But you can do it with some really good earbuds as well. Um, and, uh, you know, a zoom account is a free zoom account. You can do it all with the free zoom account. You can always rip out the audio afterwards. If you're doing just audio only, uh, my podcasts are only audio only. And, um, and then you use a free tool for myself. I'm on a Mac. So I use a garage band to edit my podcast files and it's really simple. It's already built into the OS. So in terms of money, it's not a lot, uh, but what you should have is a good hosting service. The service that I use personally is uh, something called Lipsyn. And uh, for, I think it's just a few dollars a month, what you'll do is you, up, you can load up to a certain amount of podcasts per month uh, based on the size of your files. And then that gets distributed to like 15 or 20 different podcast channels. So things like uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, um, Spotify. I'm on, actually, Spotify has been a great platform for me because a lot of people listen to Spotify and uh, and it just automatically distributes your file to all these different systems when you're uploading your files. Uh, one of the things I also do is, you know, for the for the guest that's going to be on my podcast, I make sure that I add value to them as well. So having a link back for them in the show notes. So when you're writing out the show notes for your podcast, you know, you you cover off two or three topics that you're discussing in your podcast, and then what I always have is a link back to my guests website or our guests, you know, LinkedIn website. So people can learn more about them at the end of the day, when you're doing a podcast and what I've seen with other podcasts, the ones I really enjoyed was there was always a win, 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 win. So there was a win for the podcast. there was a win for the guest, and there was a win for the audience. And that's the way I'm thinking when I'm putting it together, you know, what's the point of putting something out there that's not going to add value to others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's just, to me personally, that's a little selfish. The goal is to really inspire and to get people to go in a direction that's going to help them move forward. And and that's what my plan is with my podcast. And, you know, to get it set up, it's pretty simple. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, people think it's it's a lot of work and all this stuff, but it's not. And, and, and the, beauty is is when you start to get those responses from people saying wow that was really helpful and that part to me is you know not that i ever expected but i love it when people write me back and say you know i love the podcast that a lot of value it was fantastic so
1: so in pathways there is mm-hmm. a a project in level five with doing a bo- podcast would you encourage everybody to <laughs> you know take the leap and give it a try
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, um, like I said, you know, I've already talked about a lot of benefits from it. Um, just by doing the podcast, you'll, you know, one of two things is going to happen is either really going to resonate with you really well. You're going to love it. And you're going to keep doing it or you're going to do the project and say, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to go do something else, but by doing it, you'll learn and you'll learn all those key skills that I talked about. I talked about networking. I talked about interviewing, And the truth is at some point in your career or some point in your business, you're going to have to do all those things anyways. So you might as well do it through a project where there's no pass or fail. You just get it done. And if it's something that resonates with you, and if it's something that you want to continue to do for your business, like I have for myself, it's a great way to to build your credibility, build your brand, but also to get yourself your name out there and and to connect and network with people. So definitely encourage people to try the project because I know there's a lot of value in it for sure.
1: So Toastmasters listening out there, take heed from a successful podcaster. How many followers have you got now, approximately?
2: Yeah, it's not so much followers, Wendy's. It's more around downloads. That's typically, downloads. How, yeah, podcast okay. work. I, I think we're just over 100,000 podcast downloads. Wow. Um, and, and the truth is I don't advertise it. I actually talked to some of my close network and some of them don't even know I have a podcast. So I'm like, oh, I got to do a better job at marketing this thing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I've had people reach out to me from around the world and saying, hey, I listened to your podcast. Um, I'm looking for some coaching. Do you do that? And I'm like, yeah, no, absolutely. So it's a great way to build a brand globally and especially today. And one of the things I've noticed with the pandemic is that a lot of people are now turning to podcasts. There's been a boom in podcast listeners. And and, and actually you see a lot of the major TV, uh, a lot of the major media channels now having their own podcast channels. So this isn't something that's going to go away. If anything, it's going to get more and more popular. It's a way of people getting very um very specific information on a certain topic. And, and this is the beauty of a podcast is now you get to go in deeper versus something just being general, right? You're, you're going into, you know, if you want to learn about, uh, you know, careers, you can go to podcasts. You want to be an entrepreneur, you go to a podcast and you can get very specific. Uh, you know, if you're an entrepreneur who focuses on, uh, crocheting you can get a podcast on that too so you're getting the very specifics of each individual industry and this is why podcasts have exploded right so if you're a new mom and or you're a new dad and you're looking for parenting tips there's a podcast for that too so it's a great way of getting up-to-date information that's pretty much delivered to you and you can listen it at a time because you can download it you can go for a walk you can you know uh, you know do house chores do whatever and listen to a podcast it's right there <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's exploding and they're saying it's going to grow even more. So,
1: well, thank you for taking time to share all this fabulous information with us, especially the how to's and the why's and how it all can lead down a journey that you never thought about eight years ago. If uh, if anybody wants to contact you with any questions, is there something yeah. you could share with us?
2: Yeah, for sure. They can always go to my website, uh, www.canadianjobsearchacademy.com. I'll forward you a link, Wendy, that goes directly to my podcast. Uh, they can also download my podcast, which is called the Canadian Job Search Podcast, uh, which is available pretty much on all the major channels, you know, from uh, Apple, uh, Apple podcast to Google play store to Spotify, which are the three big ones that kind of resonate off the top of my head. Uh, you can check it out there or alternatively, and I'll send you a link as well, uh, um, Wendy for your show notes, as uh, you can check me out on LinkedIn, uh, just at uh Ribeiro J and uh, I'll send the actual information. I look like my picture, so there's no surprises <laughs> there. Nice. <see. laughs> I know. So people are like, what do you mean you look like your picture? Yes, you should always look like your picture on LinkedIn. (laughs) Um, So I'll send you a link to that as well. And if people want to connect with me there or even learn more about podcasting or public speaking, or they want to know more about coaching or need some coaching, they can reach out to me there.
1: Appreciate your time and your expertise and wishing you every success as you go forward. Thank you, Wendy. Bye-bye, John.
2: Take care.
0: Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. If you liked our show and want to know more, check out our podcast page at toastmasters60.com. That's toastmasters60.com. You can leave us a comment or share this episode with a friend. If you're not a member of Toastmasters, a special thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to know more about how Toastmasters can help you reach your personal and professional goals, visit our website at Toastmasters60.com to find a club near you. As part of the Toastmasters International family, District 60 serves Toronto and Eastern Ontario. Improve your communication and leadership skills by joining a club today. Thanks to our podcast production team, David Batchen and Bruce Richardson. Please join us again soon as we speak frankly with another member of our Toastmasters family.